one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So, my friends, I have seen the future. So welcome to the 473rd consecutive ups and downs as wrestling continues to add more television and more pay-per-views. My name is... Well, I have absolutely no idea. That's right, because hello, it's me, once again, Simon Miller, with another episode of Ups and Downs. Because there's a lot of wrestling on television. But do not forget, you don't have to be a goober like me. You can pick and choose and just have a great time in your life. Always remember that. We're meant to be happy. How do we get here? Let's up those downs. What a tremendous start to AEW Collision 2. Because our old school opening promos were back, which I always enjoy. And when Swerve Strickland was cutting his, all of a sudden, AR Fox punched him in the mouth, which makes sense, you would be mad at Swerve. He tried to kill Fox. They started to brawl, and they did this all the way down the aisleway as the opening pyrotechnics went off. I was like, I don't think I've ever seen that before. You also got two dudes that are excellent in the ring, and of course, AR Fox loves cutters, so he started busting those out. As Prince Nana, who's on the outside, well, he started to get really worried, as you would. Nobody wants to be cut. I suppose that must have worked too, because all of a sudden it was Strickland throwing Fox into the ring apron. I was like, wait a minute, the ring apron? That's the hardest part of the ring. The Gates of Agony then made their way out there, because of course they are Swerve's friends. When we got DDT, twisting suplex thingy, just the best damn 450 you'd ever see. This is how I watched it too. Stared off into the distance and I thought to myself, that'll do, pig. That'll do. Because I recently watched the movie Babe. Swerve was able to come back with a house call for a one 2 ooh. When he hit this thing that can only be described as a powerbomb, power slam. And I have watched that about 79 times. And I don't even understand how he did this so smoothly. I mean, he is the man. And thankfully, he followed it up with a swerve stomp to get the one, two, three. So that thing should absolutely become a signature. Mogul Embassy were about to ruin everybody after this too when it got totally crazy. Because here came LFI, here came FTR, and here came Ricky Starks and Big Bill. And I was like, man, somebody tell Egon Spengler we are crossing the streams. I seem to be conducting. You know the deal with that too, because then we cut to the stands where the House of Black were watching on, because they hate everybody. I actually thought this was a delightful way to kick off the show. It got me excited. Ah, but, that's right, there's a bus. Where was Hangman Adam Page? Now, this could totally be on me. I do go nerd sometimes, but I spent the whole of this guy, he's going to come out, cowboy. He's probably just getting on a horse, because of course he's going to want to go after Swerve. Not only did he invade his home... 
but he tried to attack his baby. Now, I'm sure he is just at his abode installing a new security system, but much like Slender Man, I just needed to see some stalking. And again, please go in the comments and tell me where I have gone wrong. And it's not a big deal. It's one of those things that gets in my head. Like, man, I'm going to have to talk about it. Otherwise, I would be a lying Lee. Nobody wants to be a lying Lee. Down. Then you've got to confirm that it is going to be MJF versus Danny Garcia for the world title come Dynamite. Because Garcia had won a match on Rampage. And then it was like, hey, Max, I hate you. Let's fight. So I can't get mad at that because this is what AEW should be built on. Two young up-and-coming stars having a bit of a brawl. Although, yeah, I totally get it. It would be nice if we had more build to these things. I mean, if you did build it up correctly, you could even do it on pay-per-view. We also heard Maxwell Jacob Freeman just yelling at the Bullet Club because he thinks they're a bunch of morons. And he told Jay White, you ain't nothing but a pretender. And if you would like some facts, why don't you go on Google Trends and compare our names? And I did that. And well, MGF ain't wrong. Bullet Club Gold also responded to this. They're all like, <laughs> Jay White pinned you, you schmeral, as Jay White promised to win at full gear. Now, he's not going to do this, but I do have to say, I think AEW and everybody involved has done a stellar job. Kip Sabian was then mad, mostly because 24 hours prior, he had been attacked by the returning Mark Briscoe. Makes sense. But this was kind of weird because all of a sudden he was joined by the workhorse men and he told Briscoe to go and find some friends so they could have a scrap later. I was like, what happened to the Butcher and the Blade? I thought that was the threesome. It was Kip Sabian and those two. And I was like, well, the Butcher and the Blade do have that shop. Maybe they refuse to give Sabian a discount. But I'll be honest with you, I just like seeing Kip on TV flying that UK flag. James McGregor and Brixton Nash then came out and they got absolutely murked by the kingdom. I mean, I guess they do not believe in Neck Strong. Talking of that as well, Roderick Strong did cut a promo before this where he said, none of us care about Necks, which is very sad. And of course, then Matt Taven and Mike Bennett ran through these guys and pinned them after the pile driver. The best part was, as soon as this was done, Roddy got in the ring and he just smacked Nash before he fell down like, oh, I need to get back in my wheelchair. And I get it. Some people don't like this and more power to you. But it made me laugh out of my knees, which doesn't make any sense. So I am giving it an up. And also, we did tie into Adam Cole, because Roderick was like, oh, I miss you, Adam. Don't know when he is going to be able to return to television, but mostly I hope he's just doing okay. We then got this great video package for Christian Cage, and we should do more of this, because he's one of the best guys in the industry right now. When we were chatting to Mark Briscoe, he's not there, who was very happy to be back. At first, it looked like he found some partners instantly, because FTR walked in. But Mark was like, nah, bruh, I don't need a team with you because I've already found two other guys. I was like, geez, man, Kip Sabia's promo was like five minutes before this. This guy works fast. But we had another random match. It was Darby Allen versus Lance Archer. Now Lance just popped up back from nowhere a couple of weeks ago, so I presume he is back now. Although once again, this was just a roller coaster of a good time. He was with Jake Roberts too, so hopefully that pairing is going to get rocking and rolling again. And you know the deal with Derby. Even though you read all these new reports going, oh, he's broken, he's so messed up, he's not going to be able to go. He got in that ring and he just got absolutely murked. I mean, you really do have to give him a lot of respect and a lot of worry like he's your mum. No, wait, like you're it. I got it wrong. The bounce he took was ridiculous too, to the point he had to crotch Lance Archer right in his penis area to get back into this when he went for one of his crazy dives. We've talked about this. Nobody is ever going to be able to top that. 
So maybe everybody else should just retire the move. Alan then decided to jump on Lance's back, and I was like, that can't have been a good idea. And I was totally right, because this was like Shadow of the Colossus. Lance just did a bit of wiggling and jiggling, and down Darby went. Alan then decided to go to the top, which was a terrible idea, because he went right into Lance Archer's knee, although I will say, when he went for the blackout, and Darby was able to reverse that into the backpack stunner. Uh, yeah, that's pretty damn good. Archer was just like a zombie, though, because he kept on coming. When Darby Allen went for the coffin drop, he grabbed him, just gave him this absolutely mad German suplex. And look, I'm doing it again. I'm covering my eyes. And why? It doesn't make any sense. I walk around. I don't know where I'm going. The choke slams. Oh, I'm the wrong way around. The choke slams then started. And I was like, man, maybe Darby Allen is going to lose here, especially because Jake then got the skateboard and he smacked him in the back of the head. It's like, what are you doing, man? That was totally unnecessary. Thankfully, the referee saw this, so he told Jake to leave. I was like, why isn't that a disqualification? When these two crazy people started fighting on the top rope, and man, this rock too, Darby Allen gave Lance Archer a top rope code red, and he got the one, two, three. I was like, yeah, that's how you do it. Roberts then walked back out instantly, so he must have gone behind the curtain and just turned around like that Simpsons gif, and he has now aligned himself with the righteous. I was like, what an interesting and out of nowhere move. It also meant that Alan was distracted, so he did get laid out with the blackout. But that's when I realized, I know what we can do. A six-man tag of the Righteous and Lance Archer taking on Sting, Darby Allen, and Adam Copeland. So these three guys can get the win. So we're moving to full gear. Everybody can go, hey, they're a really good team. This works too, because they also insinuated that they had taken out the Stinger in the back. So yeah, this was fine. Planting those seeds. Be a good TV match. Up. When we teased that maybe, just maybe, Sky Blue is still about to turn heel. Good. That's what I want. Because we were backstage with her, Willow Nightingale, and Chris Statlander. And Chris was all like, hey, Sky, you did the right thing on Dynamite. And Blue was like, I didn't do it for you, Chrissy baby. I did it for me. And because Willow Nightingale has always been nice to me. Willow just wanted to calm everything down and say they are all friends. But I would pull the trigger on this. And actually, I would have Evil Sky Blue defeat Chris Statlander for the TBS title. I think it would work out pretty well. Alex Abrahantes then losing his mind. Because on Rampage, Penta had won a match. So I presume now Penta wants to destroy everyone. This is when Swerve Strickland walked in and I was absolutely cracking up. Because Alex was like, well, look who it is. The guy that thinks it's okay to invade people's homes. I was like, why is Abrahantis more mad about this on the TV than Hangman Adam Payne? He also dropped the amazing line that Penta loves his family more than he loves Lucha Libre. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that should absolutely be the way. I don't think you should brag about it. The point is, it is going to be Penta versus Strickland on Dynamite and flub me sideways. That is going to be great. And as always, Strickland had the best line. He was all like, well, I used to wear a mask back in Lucha Underground. They didn't mention that promotion. So I look forward to revealing what's under Penta's. Seriously. If this guy isn't the world champion by 2024 or in 2024, something has gone awry. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When we got a live sex celebration. I mean, AEW has just recently hired the rated R superstar. I am exaggerating, but come on now. I mean, the acclaimed were celebrating the fact that they had been champions for 69 days. Now, all I'm going to say is this. If you are a young viewer, just know that 69 means have happy times. And if you're an older viewer, just know that 69 means have happy times. Anthony Bowens also had a surprise for Max Caster because MGF had cut a video for them where he said, you know what, Max, I may not have liked you before, but now I respect you, although I still do not love the acclaimed. There's always an exception. Caster was so happy about this, it did make you feel warm in your tum-tum. When they started to be like, man, look over there. We've got the 69 trophy, and this just means we are the best trio team in the entire world. I guess they are. You just knew that somebody ridiculous was going to have to interrupt this too. And I did a backflap when we did do it. Because out came Dalton Castle and the boys. And for no reason, Dalton was so mad they'd done this. He took the trophy, he threw it, and he destroyed it. I was like, man, that may be the best thing and most petulant thing I've ever seen in my life. It also meant we went right into this match, which was a bit crazy, to be honest. Especially because Brendan and Brent were using a piñata as a weapon. And then when the piano did explode, it had a clay merchandise in it. So Anthony Bowens started to throw it out to the crowd. And I just shouted out my window to nobody, Goofy Wrestling for Life. The commentators did also clarify this is happening because the acclaimed are doing an open challenge, which everybody loves to do in 2023, when essentially they hit all their big finishers and they got the one, two, three. I mean, the match part went around about two minutes. So once again, there's a bunch of people going, oh, I don't like this stuff. And you're allowed not to like it. But if you've watched my show before my favorite stuff in wrestling because it's so silly billy up and was then being interviewed and he was asking about cj perry again and he did what he did the other week he just went business is business and this is my business don't talk to me about business and i fell on the floor it's also when we got straight to this kip sabian workhorse men match i was like damn we ain't wasting any time i will say the collision especially has fallen into this pattern when these matches do pop up from nowhere so I'm kind of repeating myself here because it would just be nice if we had a little bit more stuff before it. It just makes you care more, especially because they were taking on Mark Briscoe, Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes. And just these three guys individually, I mean, man, they make you feel something deep down in your tootsie toes. Given the men that work like a horse jump the good guys to begin with because they are assholes. And even though Mark Briscoe tried to fight back, this poor guy, he found himself outside on the floor. Sabian then hit with a springboard forearm and did the same thing with the moonsault. When Drake was here, he just went and he stopped on him. That's me. Kim then made a terrible mistake because he was going to hit Mark with the J driller. And Brisk was like, no, you're not going to do that to me. When he did take him out and he got the hot tag to Dustin Rhodes. I'm not going to believe this. That guy ran wild. As ever, he just defies age with the way he moves around. When the tag clacks and ha went off, Keith Lee was very happy about this because he started doing power bombs where he grabbed one human and he threw him into another. That shouldn't be a thing. Briscoe was the legal man by this point, and because there was just devastation on the floor, he hit the froggy boat for the one, two, three. So again, this was absolutely random, but I've already talked about it. Anything Mark Briscoe does, you're just like, yeah, you go get him, dude. 
up. He continued on his busy evening too, because he was then cutting another promo when he said, Hey, listen, Jay White, I was watching TV when I was away, and I think you're an imposter. What? We also found out later that as well as that match, it's going to be Samoa Joe versus Keith Lee on Dynamite. And listen, those two things make me so damn pumped. I need to see them more than I need to breathe. But once again, I guess I woke up on the wrong side of bed. There's just a small side to me right here where I was like, man, you could have gone crazy in the promotion. And now we just get it in a couple of days. So I really do appreciate it because I'd rather have them and not have them. But man, especially with Samoa Joe versus Keith Lee, I have been dreaming about that kind of thing since I was a fetus because it could be the defining big men slapping man meat match. And I really shouldn't moan because again, we should be blessed that we're getting this stuff to begin with. But there has to be some parity to ups and downs. So yeah, that is a down. I mean, you could have pumped so much story into this and I would have filled up like a balloon. It was then time for Emi Sakura versus Willow Nightingale. And man, these two absolutely rock. Also, it made me pleased because Willow finally got a win. They are both powerhouses, so they went for the shoulder tackle to begin with when Sakura is like, screw this. And she hit the ultimate comeback move of 2023, the crossbody. And I'm sorry, go and watch all the wrestling throughout the weekend. Wrestlers love it. I mean, they made it clear she was the bad guy because she raked at Willow's eyes when she hit a second ultimate comeback move of 2023. Something is going on here, and we'd better investigate it. But she must have been spamming the Y button when she did low bridge Nightingale out of the ring and threw her into Barry Barricade. I think by this point, Willow was sick of it. She didn't want any more of it, so she hit a DVD onto the outside. But man, this is getting rough. The man has then continued, and I'll tie it into what I said a few minutes ago, because the commentators then went, oh, hey, on Dynamite, it's Julia Hart versus Red Velvet. So once again, I was like, we should have done a big video for the returning Red Velvet. She's been out for about a year, and when I heard her name, I went, yeah, she's really good. Anywho, Sakura was running around like a loon at this point, and she did get hit with the spine buster. When that got a one-two, Willow was like, right, fine. She hit the big bomber power, and she got the one-two-three. Honestly, man, she is just so happy. She should never turn heel. She should be the proverbial babyface. Which is when, yeah, Samoa Joe tried to take out everybody. Because he was being interviewed by Lexi Nair, and he was like, man, I'm getting pissed off. Because I presented an option to MGF, and I hadn't heard from him. And also, when it comes to this Ring of Honor TV title, I have beaten them all. Keith Lee must have been stood literally right here. Because he walked in and was like, well, you haven't beat me. That's how we are getting to Wednesday's match. Let's take all negativity and throw it to one side. That is going to be so damn brilliant, I cannot wait. Which brought us to our main event, which was FTR and LFI taking on GOA and BS. All the gates of agony and Big Bill and Ricky Starks. But look, if everyone's going to go crazy with initials, so will I. Now, quite clearly this was done so we could light a fire under Rouge. Because every time he got tagged in, he was just killing people including this bullhorns he gave to Ricky Starks. I was like, honestly, if Rick's head is still on his body, well, he's Superman. We also had Big Bill and Preston Vance squaring off, and Vance kind of held his own with this guy, so I was like, huh, we're presenting him as a strong man too. Although, sadly, when Dax Harwood tagged in, he got murked by everyone. This always happens to poor Dax, but actually, as weird as it sounds, and it is a compliment, He's very good at getting his ass kicked. Totally owner and Bishop Khan then continued on their mission to make entryways more happier for everyone because they were taking out Breston Vance once again. He took out Big Bill, which felt like a big deal, when he got attacked by Ricky Starks when Cash Wheeler got involved. They tried to help out, but instead he got busted right in the gut. Rouge was instantly back in and I was like, man, this guy's HP has to be maxed out because he will not stay down. And after he took out the Gates of Agony, he tagged in Darks Harwood and those two hit the shatter machine. Now you gotta go watch this. 
Because go and look at Cash's face in the background. He's like, what the flub is going on? They stole our move when he realizes he should help out and he just did that dive. It was a really good sequence. It also allowed Rush to hit the bull's horns onto Khan as they got the one, two, three. And even though LFI flubbed off after this, because like we don't want to shake anybody's hands, man, they really did do well here. They came across like a phenomenal group, Roosh especially. Well done. It also left Cash and Dax in the ring by themselves and the lights went out and the House of Black appeared on the big screen. I was like, that is not a spooky. However, after threatening them, they did teleport to the ring when everybody got into a big fight, when eventually the Backpool Combat Club came out and they had a chair. Because don't forget, when it comes to Malachi's crew, they have pissed everybody off. Now, everybody wants revenge. I really do love the fact this is going in about 42 different directions, and hopefully we start singing about the AEW tag team titles more, because that can be the catalyst to join them all together. Because people should want to hold the gold. That's the point of being a wrestler. But when Collision did end, I was like, man, that was a really fun time. Up. Which brought us to the end of the show, and yes, it still kind of feels like we're feeling our way out with this. Hopefully we get to full gear and we come out the other side. We can just, I don't know, shape things up. I don't even know what that means. Like, it is a good watch. It probably just needs less random things, but up. Now, please do leave me a comment below and let me know what you thought about last night's AEW Collision. Like the video, share the video, and subscribe. Click this video here on the screen, which is ups and downs for Crown Jewel. You can get my thoughts on that. Go to whatculture.com, follow us on social media. Otherwise, I appreciate your time. Don't know why I've assumed this position is just very comfortable. And I hope you are comfortable too. Huh? Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.